Welcome to Fitz Dog Radio. This is your intrepid host. Happy holidays. I hope you guys had a nice Christmas. If you're Jewish, I hope you had a nice Hanukkah. If you're atheist, um, hey, how you doing, atheist? Um, Christmas is over here, and uh, we're getting ready to head out to Joshua Tree, which is about two hours out into the desert. We rented a house with a ping pong table, a pool table, a bocce court, hot tub, and we're with my wife's family. Her brother and and sister-in-law flew in from South Africa. Nephew flew in from England. Other nephew flew in from New York. Mother flew in from New York. So we're... Uh, nine of us sleeping in the house for about 10 days and, uh, having a blast, just great outdoorsy people having fun, a lot of, a lot of farting, a lot of bathroom use. And, <laughs> uh, my nephew is here. My nephew who I've talked about is, uh, he was a bud, which is a Navy SEAL trainee, and got very close to getting into the SEALs. Very tough guy. Does MMA and all that. And he's about 29 now. And my whole running joke is that uh, I feel bad and I always apologize to him that I never um, molested him because that would have given him a more interesting life. Would have given him a little bit of an edge. So I kind of hit on him. It's And that's the running. Is that a... Is that appropriate to even talk about? Um, anyway, I'm going to do a very short intro because we're literally walking out the door. and uh, But I wanted to get to this amazing conversation with David Feldman. Feldman is one of the best. I know I said that about a lot of guests, but Feldman is truly just a purely funny human being. And uh, we had a great talk last week. This is the conversation. Um, I got some stand-up dates coming up. Milwaukee Improv, December 29th through the 31st. New Year's Eve, come on out. Den Theater in Chicago, January 13th. This is a great, it's going to sell out, so get your tickets now. Atlanta Punchline, January 18th through 20. Portland Helium Comedy Club, February 22 through 24. Then I'm coming to La Jolla and Tampa, Get your tickets at fitzdog.com. Also, don't forget, follow me on Instagram. I'm at 99,300 right now. I'm trying to get over the, over to 100,000 by the new year. So take the time. Just right now, pause it, open up your Instagram, follow me. Really appreciate it. Um, also, the beer koozies are still available. If you go to the Fitzdog site, you can get the Sunday Papers beer koozie. Also want to tell you, if you want to go see live music, sports, theater, whatever, game time is your way. It's frustrating buying tickets. You always feel like you're buying at the wrong time. Game time allows you to sit on it, wait, watch watch tickets go down. There's all kinds of last minute tickets, flash deals, and uh, it's and it's it shows you your events in your neighborhood. So. Um, if you're in, if I'm in Milwaukee and I want to look up Milwaukee, Wisconsin, then, uh, here's how I do it. I go to game time and then I go to Milwaukee and I say Milwaukee, I can see the Milwaukee Bucks 
uh, against the Mavericks this Saturday, which I have free for $74. That would be kind of fun because they've got that Serbian dude who's so good. Um, but it it's a great it's a great thing to do uh, if you if you're if you're spending all your money on clothes or gadgets, don't do it. Uh, they all these studies show that experiences in life is what you remember and what enriches your life. So go see something live. Check out this view from your seats on the app. The app is a piece of cake. A couple of taps, it downloads. You don't need to transfer anything. You don't need to print anything. It's a joy. I've used it many times. And uh, and the, there's on and on. I can't, there's a guarantee. If you find a better price, they'll give you 110% of the difference if it's in the same, same section and row. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code FITSDOG for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FITZDOG for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, uh, and better, better help. This, this podcast is brought to you uh, by Better Help which is uh, a pretty groundbreaking concept, which is that you don't have to wait in traffic uh, to go to therapy. You can do it from anywhere. Um, there's a lot of uh, gift giving during the holiday season. And uh, do, you, do you focus on that or enjoying time together? There's a lot of distractions during the holidays and you can focus on uh, the relative who uh everybody's bothered by or you can flow past that and doing that kind of stuff takes therapy sometimes um there's there's just i've benefited from it for years i started during the pandemic i got a great therapist uh i make i get homework assignments i can get in touch with her anytime um she's great if you don't like the therapist you get switch because you're going to fill out a questionnaire and they're going to figure out what your needs are, what you want to focus on. And then they find a uh, licensed therapist who is best fit for your needs. I think you're going to have really good luck with it. And you're not, again, you're not going to have to like sit in a waiting room, like st- having people stare at you going, what's he in for? Huh? Now forget that. So, um, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give better help a try. Uh, it's, it just, it's so simple in the season of giving, give yourself what you need with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash Fitzdog today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Fitzdog. All right. My guest today is a graduate of Columbia University. He started out in San Francisco doing comedy. He did a lot of shows on, uh, Conan O'Brien. Tonight Show, Late Late Show. He's won three uh, Primetime Emmy Awards, four Writers Guild Awards, Cable Ace Award, wrote for the Academy Awards, the Emmys, writes for Triumph, the Insult Comic Dog. He writes for The Roast on Comedy Central, wrote on Roseanne, Dennis Miller Live, Bill Maher, Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Uh, It's unbelievable. Uh, he's, He's a very accomplished writer, but also just one of those comics every comic sits in the room and watches. Um, so here he is. Enjoy my conversation with the lovely Jewish David Feldman.
on the podcast now is a man who should be on the podcast every week. If I lived in New York, I honestly think we would have to do something together. I this agree. guy is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. I have more respect for him for being an independent voice. Uh, I hate when people say brave. That's so gay. But not a lot of comics will say what they think and you, be as funny uh, when they do it. Dave Feldman, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Privileged to be here. Thank you. Oh, don't be sanctimonious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're eight seconds in and you haven't insulted me yet. What the, what's going I, on? I don't insult people. No. I, I, or at least when I insult you, you won't know that I'm insulting <laughs> you. I'm, <laughs> I'll be doing it at such a low brow. To me, that is the greatest crowd work. And the only acceptable crowd work is when the victim has no idea that you're shitting right. on them, but the entire crowd does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's elegance. It's good to see. I haven't talked to you since my mother died. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Well, how long ago was that? Uh, this morning. Was it parachuting? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I would get on top. She never wanted a parachute <laughs> By herself, you like so she would. I would ride her back, and uh, it turns out I was like on top of her parachute. Right, right. So uh, I held on to her all the way down, and she. It was a soft, cushiony landing. She didn't make it. I did, and I. In the Jewish religion, you bury them the next day. So right, right. But she I'll was do... already half buried. I would imagine you just yes, had to throw was. the dirt yes. on top. Yeah, that was that was nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was at a a Gentile uh, part of the the cemetery. But I'm doing the show, and then I'm going to go back <laughs> and gather her, gather her up, and put her in the right places. Try to put her back together. And has she left you anything in the will? Unbelievable how much. I, really? I, I, oh, my God. I, I never have to work again. It's <laughs> no, unbelievable. The no, wait a minute. Your, your, mom, your mom really did die? This morning, yes. Now, when did you die? When did your mom die? Why, you think I would lie to you about something? This is how no. you are to me. I'm in no. mourning, but I'm still doing the show. Uh, see, I don't know when to take you seriously. No, no, she died about... Uh, a year and a half ago. A year and a No, I've talked to you in a year and a half, haven't I? I think I last time I did, yeah, about that time. I think it's been, yeah, I kind of slowed down after. Uh, Was there any tension with um, the will, with the estate? You have you have siblings? Was there any... Uh, we're still fighting. We we're, were talking. Uh, my mother was an oil heiress, and uh, we're fighting... <laughs> It was so much, so much money that we're, it's, it's just. What will you do with your share? Oh, I don't know. Probably buy Jeffrey Epstein's island. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much. Yeah. And just lower the age. Those women were getting a little <laughs> long in the tooth. Some of them were like 15. <laughs> 
I mean, is this an amusement park or is this an old age home here? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> Who has hurt the Jewish people more? I'm going to I'm going to list five names and you tell me who's hurt the Jewish people more. Me, me. Uh, besides you, okay. Jeffrey Epstein, Madoff. Um, trying to turn on my anti-Semitic brain and think. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. The Roth, the Rothschilds. Right. Or Be Benjamin Netanyahu. Or Benjamin Netanyahu. Or Hitler. I would say Hitler's. <laughs> I got to put him up top. Yeah. He's hurt the Jews the most, I, yeah. I think. Which is why I uh, converted on October 8th. I'm no the, longer Jewish. Really? Yeah. No, seriously. I just said, you know what? This isn't working for me. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Yeah. Who needs it? All right. what, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. I didn't choose to be Jewish. I was born into this religion. And I'm done with it because it's yeah. a pain in the ass. So I've changed my last name. What is your new last name? Well, I wanted to honor my parents and my grandparents. Uh, so I shortened Feldman to F. I'm David F. <laughs> now. I just circumcised the entire name and I'm just David F. I think they, I think pho might be a Korean sushi dish, isn't it? <laughs> it's some kind, isn't it some kind of Oriental cup of raw fish? Pho? Uh maybe. Yeah. Some people will think I'm Korean. Yeah. Which is better. Well, the Korean they I say the Koreans for, are the I could pass for Korean, right? Well, they say the Koreans are the Jews of Asia, and I'm not making that up. They're like the hardest working, they're very family right. oriented. Um, you know. They're the, they're the most disliked in Asia. They're looked down upon. And aren't there Koreans who are named Jew? Isn't J-U like a, a Korean name? Uh, I'd have to check with Bobby Lee. Okay. Yeah. Is he Korean? He, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> Korean. Yeah, he is Korean. I call him different Asian races each time I see him. And he seems to, <laughs> he seems to really get pissed off. Like, not kiddingly, gets pissed off. And, uh, you know, and the amazing thing is Andrew Santino does a podcast with him and Andrew does his mother's Asian voice. And it's pretty amazing because like you, you can't do that. You can do, Hey, what's the matter for you? Or, uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm going down to the bar. Like you, you can do any fucking accent, but not Asian. Why is that David Feldman? If you're Asian, you can do it. If you're Asian, you're Asian, you have no choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In other words, if if you imitate an Asian, it's considered taboo. It's it's it's, it's considered offensive. So yeah. why aren't we doing it right now? I will say this. I won't do I won't do the accent, but I will say this. Their music is the worst in the world. There is nothing worse than ding 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 dong dong ding. What 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 about the boy bands that you and I jack off to all the time? The K-pop. <laughs> Remember on the road, you Did and they, I just yeah, on a couch right. with the music off, the sounds off. You use my hand, I use your hand, <laughs> and it's not gay because 
we're it's not gay because we're 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 wearing fur mittens on our hands, so there's no contact. No, we're not, we're not looking, looking at each other. other. We're looking at the video screen. We're looking at the TV screen where where the uh, the, the young Asian boys who are hairless, by the way. I mean, yeah. I've looked really close. I don't see any hair. No. Like with a jeweler's loop, I, I, I would watch you bend over the screen looking for any sign of hair on, on these boy band singers. And then we'd sit on the couch waiting for the show to go. And I'd say, can you lend me a hand? And you'd, you'd yeah. reach over and we'd watch the boy bands all and day. I remember we said it's called K-pop because it stands for Kleenex and then popping, popping into a Kleenex. <laughs> and who are we hurting other than the cleaning lady who we accidentally slaughtered when she walked in on us? We did have to slaughter her. We did have yeah. to slaughter But who are we hurting other no. than people who just open hotel room doors without knocking? Well, who, it's, who you we know. Hurting? It's our fault. We unlocked that door that opens to the room next door. And I think when mm -hmm. they heard the loud Korean pop music, <laughs> they were curious, you know, and they had to die. It's so sad. Right. Yeah. But who are we hurting, really? I don't think we're hurting anybody. How many sense. in the course of a year on the road, how many killing sprees do you go on to let off steam? It de it depends. Like um, usually, I'll wait till Friday night because mm -hmm. then I've realized that my ticket sales are low and that I'm not as funny as I thought it was. And then I will just slip into the darkness, and I'll take one human life. And yeah. and somehow the next night I fucking kill. Like I destroy on stage. I have to kill to kill. See, that's the difference between you and me. I. I to me, if I kill before I go on stage, I, I kind of feel spent. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not hungry. Uh -huh. I, right. I, if I'm on stage and I know afterwards I'm going to kill somebody, then it's like there's some, there's a treat waiting for me. So do uh, you, like, do you assess the crowd? Do you maybe pick a heckler and kill them? Or does it feel sweeter when it's a pure, innocent life? I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not judgmental. Yeah, uh, I don't like to judge my victims. Uh, I think they're all equal. Yeah, I don't single anybody out because of their race, gender, sexuality, ethnicity, religion. Yeah. I'm, I, I believe all people deserve to be killed. <laughs> uh, I do. It, I do. it actually shows. How open-minded you really I'm are. I'm very open-minded. Yes. No, so unjudgmental. And when I am when I am murdering, I see one color, red. Red hot rage. I, it doesn't matter who you are. Now, does that help when you when when it's an indigenous person seeing red? Does that make uh, yeah. it easier? There so uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go there. Actually, what what, what holidays? What I'm holidays? What holidays do you kill most on? Well, uh, what before I changed my last name to, F, I would go with when I was Jewish. Most of our K 
killings were done on Christmas Eve. The, the well poisoning was always done on Christmas Eve with my father and grandfather poisoning the wells and draining, draining the Christian babies, wearing their faces. Do you poke to get the blood out? Do you poke them with your horns? Uh, I use a, a crazy straw. I find the kids, <laughs> if you're going to keep the kid alive, a crazy straw is more amusing. I, I don't know. My, you know what? Let's change this. I don't want to talk about religion. <laughs> you, you know what? Whenever I talk about religion on the show, I get into trouble. So let's, 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 let's just... not talk. People, for some reason, people get all offended. When yeah. religion comes I, up. Isn't that funny? Because again, you know, you don't see religion. We, we, when you hear Bill Maher bash the Muslims, yes. what's your take on that? Because he seems to really be worked up. Open-minded and, yeah. and, and relevant and not old and still hungry and <laughs> speaking for the common man, not too rich. Is that is that what you're saying about Bill? Really in touch? Well, I, uh, I I don't know what to think until I watch Real Time with Bill Maher. Do you watch know. it? I watch him. You mentioned religiously. I yeah. I uh, watch it religiously. And by that, I mean a priest molests me while I'm watching Bill Maher. <laughs> I don't know what to think until I hear Bill Maher's fresh, hot take. <laughs> And and the crazy thing is, you wrote for the show. I wrote for the show very yeah. briefly back when it was in New York. When it was, uh, uh, what was it called? Politically incorrect. Um, back when he was just a fascist. Well, I mean, people like to use the word. Um, uh, I'm a uh, libertarian. Libertarian has been kind of a cloak a lot of racists put on themselves. Yes. Do you agree? Absolutely. Or yeah. just a, a, fasc a fascist. Like, I don't believe in government unless it's just the military ruling your <laughs> life. Like, I, 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 their only role of government should be keeping us safe. Yeah. So I believe in small government except for just government controlling every part of our life, like the right. military and the police. Yeah. That's yeah. Seems yeah. The libertarians. Yeah. Libertarian is code for uh, I'm a fascist. Yeah. Yeah. They're tough. They like to be tough. There's like this kind of macho persona that goes with being a libertarian. Um, but there's been good libertarians, right? I mean, some candidates over the years that were libertarian, I, I like. Well, Drew Carey. Drew Carey's a good libertarian. Is he? He's a libertarian. Oh, I didn't know that. But he served our country. Yeah. Yeah, and by that, a... I mean he hosts The Price is Right. And thank you for your, that's the <laughs> ultimate sacrifice that Drew has made. For, somebody has to host The Price is Right. And, no, yeah. I think, didn't Drew serve in the military? Uh, I think he, didn't he go to jail? Oh, no, that was Tim Allen. Um, I think Drew Carey. see that. Like yeah, he used to have a, he, he had the haircut, so it's entirely yeah, possible. Pretty Guys, once you serve in the military, they keep that fucking haircut, don't they? Yeah. They keep. They keep the benefits. They keep the uh, discounts at the, uh, the the PX. Yeah, yeah. And they keep the haircut. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna 
let's not go after the military. There was a guy in the military the other night, and uh, he was very nice, and he told me a lot. And uh, I didn't thank him for his service. And then about 10 minutes later, I was talking to a woman in the front row who had uh, who was a waitress. And I said, thank you for your service. <laughs> And the crowd, the crowd laughed for no less than 15 minutes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, since my divorce, I was involved with uh, a woman in the military and, and, and she passed, she died serving our country. Um, oh, that's Ashley nice. Babbitt. Do you know who Ashley Babbitt is? No. Who's that? Oh. Was that a, was that a reference I should have gotten? She was uh, one of the heroes of January 6th. <laughs> she was one of the veterans who tried to crawl through a window, and apparently the Capitol Police weren't in the mood to watch Nancy Pelosi hanging from a noose, so they fired a shot. And uh, I was also in Ashley Babbitt's will, so between my mother and the uh, Ashley Babbitt estate, I'm doing pretty well. Right, so you've got a few tough days. You've got... The day you met, you got to celebrate that. The day the she day died, the day I'm you sorry, met Ashley Barrett. Yeah. And then you've got January 6th. How, how do you generally celebrate January 6th? I mean, I know there's only been one, but how will you celebrate it next month? Now, what was January 6th again? It was, uh, was that Groundhog flew, Day. Did they fly the planes into the... What is January 6th again? <laughs> when did the Japanese attack? I know I should... Remember these things. Yeah. January 6th is when the tourists walk through the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, they just wanted they just wanted to look around. That's it. Yeah. They they just wanted to make sure that the people that were that they that they didn't vote for did what they wanted them to do. Yeah. I, I think that that's it was a, a three hour event route. It was like a frat party that got yeah. out of hand. Yeah. Hey, anybody who could take a shit in Statuary Hall deserves some credit. Could yeah. you, like, I, when I found out that they were smearing shit over the statues in the Capitol on January 6th. Is that true? Yeah. That's and I'm thinking, I can barely take a leak at Shea <laughs> Stadium around other guys, even if there's like a divider. <laughs> Well, it shows you how empowered they were because they were they were surrounded by police and yet they were able to loosen up their anuses and 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 I once and this is a true story and uh I think my daughter is in the next room. Jojo? Oh good, she's not. Um Jojo? I, that's my daughter. You named her after Richard Pryor's movie, Jojo yeah, Dancer? Exactly, right, right. Wow. Um, Did and, she grow uh, up in a brothel too? I'm not going to talk to you about my daughter. The, okay, because I grew up in a brothel. I know you did. Yeah, it's it's really screwed up. Uh, How did you afford the money? Was it a paper route? I they just took. I was like their mascot. Oh, I thought you meant you were buying pussy when you were like seven years old. No, no, no. My my mother. Well, I I could talk about this. I. Yeah. Uh, my mother, I am 
the illegitimate child of one of my mother's customers. And uh, I grew like I didn't, never knew who my father was I just, <laughs> other than Rooster, the guy who ran the bordello in New Jersey that uh, I grew up in. Rooster was kind of like my father and uh, didn't raise me too well. Kind of just, you know, he had different ideas about keeping women in line than I did. I, I had to readjust when I went out into the real world. Uh, but at least your mother was in line. You she know? was in line. Yeah, right. But I didn't know that women talked back until I was 18 and left the board left the home and uh I, I had no idea that women just she, she was working from home way before the pandemic <laughs> she was she was a stay-at-home um yeah yeah and, um uh, yeah. well so anyway the story i was going to tell you is when i was about maybe 13 we used to hang around I grew up in Tarrytown, New York, and there was a uh, a college, Marymount College. It was an all-girls Catholic school. And so we, of course, spent inordinate amounts of time up there and just harassing the, the, the college students, mostly like Puerto Rican girls from the Bronx. And so I Jenny. got- Jenny. Jenny from the block, yes. Yeah. And so one time we were in the elevator, at this before there was any campus security whatsoever. The good, so, the good old days. The good old days when a man could express himself. <laughs> and so we're on we're in the elevator, which only had three floors. And we got on the third floor, and my friend Brian dared me to take a shit. I dropped my pants, I pinched a loaf, and I was done by the time the doors opened on the first wow. floor, where three girls got in as we were getting out. Wow. Yeah. That's worse than uh farting in an elevator i think i think so yeah one is one is a burp and the other one is a vomit you know yeah yeah so you left it in the elevator yeah and, and then we and then we ran well now wait a second you you were able to to take a dump while somebody was watching you while my two buddies were standing there watching me tommy bucci and brian van horn that is that that's amazing I, yeah I, I i can't even watch myself i have to oh, wear no. blinders I, I put on blinders <laughs> in order to be able to go and yeah and i have to wipe with my left hand because i'm you know the right hand i use for eating so i wipe with the left hand wiping is that a, a term i'm supposed to know <laughs> what does wiping mean you just you just flake you just flake off, let it dry. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, seriously, what is wipe, wiping? Is that like, are you getting even with me for the Ashley Babbitt? Yeah, you, you rub uh, it around. What is, wipe, what is take, wiping? You take a piece of paper and then you yeah. take the, the extra shit and you rub it around your ass. I don't know where you're going with this it's just it's it helps other men identify you when you see them you know how dogs smell each other's asses and me yes dogs yeah. are always smelling and licking it too 
That's how I clean. I have five dogs who follow me into the bathroom and they clean it, me afterwards. Right. It's like a living bidet. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's, yeah. And Louis. Louis C.K.? Louis C.K., uh, five dogs, and then Louis finishes me off. <laughs> he hasn't been doing much since. I don't know what happened, but. Uh, he just did Madison Square Garden. What are you talking about? Louis B. Day is what I call. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had Robert Smigel on the show last week, and. I mean, I think that's the reason you're on right now is we... Yeah, everybody... I, I forgot how many people actually listen to your podcast. Very few, very few. No, I mean, I, everybody thought, like, I died. I got so many people contacted me uh, and uh, after my name came up. Yeah. I, well, that's right. When people, Greg Fitzsimmons actually has an audience. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. That must be nice. Uh, it is nice. Um but what's nice is that it, it reached you, and then and then people started saying, "Why aren't you guys doing it?" It's been a while. Um, Smigel is I'd I'd met him once before. I was the head writer on David Tell's Gong Show, and he was one of the celebrity hosts, and we got to hang out. And it, as you know him, he is just the just the warmest, funniest, coolest dude. And uh, man, did he rave about you! I wish I could extend the same. <laughs> courtesy to the man won't stop no i'm kidding i love robert oh i didn't know oh thank god you love him thank god i was gonna go somewhere <laughs> robert is nobody makes me laugh harder than smigel i mean yeah. he's, there's you know his it, it, it's incredible if you watch snl i shouldn't say this but if if you watch SNL and you laugh really hard at something and I'll go, did you? And it, it'll just like nod like, yeah. Oh, yeah, really? I, I yeah. did that. He's very shy about admitting to, but you know, Odenkirk said he single-handedly saved sketch comedy, Robert Smigel. That's yeah. not me talking. That's Bob Odenkirk saying Smigel single-handedly saved sketch comedy. Well, was he, did he come on in the wave right after Lauren Michaels returned to the show? Is that about the time he came on? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was like, he came in with. Uh, Sandler and all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Farley. And I think, yeah, I think, I, I don't know, but uh, he's pretty amazing. Yeah. He's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it was around that time, which was, you're right. I mean, it was written off. The show was written off. It was dead. And then uh, right. they came back and uh, it was a goofy energy. And, you know, it, it got, of course, it gets called misogynist now. But, uh, you know, I guess the, the, way, the way the offices ran, it was not very friendly for women. But, um, right. you, know, right. you know, whatever. You should say it was the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. The good old days. I always say I I I rode my toxic I rode my toxic ma masculinity right to the middle, and I'm staying right there with it. <laughs> There's no plan B. I'm just gonna keep going. Listen, I I read there was a Rolling Stone article about Jimmy Fallon's 
toxic work environment. Uh And God bless young people. Because I read about Jimmy Fallon. I go, sounds like a great place to work yeah, to me. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. like, how is the crying rooms? I, we didn't have yeah. a crying room Yeah. when I started out. You just had a breakdown on the floor in front of everybody. <laughs> you had the privacy of a crying room. No, I, I agree with young, new people in showbiz. I'm being serious. The, mm-hmm. the, I just always assumed work was going to be where you were emasculated, humiliated, and you, in order to receive a paycheck, it's a permanent panic attack. Yeah, right. Apparently, younger people don't see it that way, and God bless them for that. I don't think it makes you stronger. No. This whole thing about being abused at work doesn't make you stronger, so I'm it doesn't make the show better. That's for sure. Make, just I makes would, the guy in charge hard and happy. Uh, don't say guy. You forget that I wrote. I'm talking Ellen. about the abusive. Oh, you're saying women. I'm can saying be abusive. I, I wrote for yeah. Ellen DeGeneres and that was the most you're toxic place I've ever worked in my life. And I wrote, I wrote for Bill. I wrote for Jamie Foxx. I wrote for some crazy fucking people. But what, Ellen isn't nice. Ellen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, you did you just stand up with her back in San Francisco? I might have. Oh, no shit. Yeah. What, what was she like then? I always wonder what she was like as a pure comic. I, uh, ambitious. Yeah. But, uh, which you're not allowed to say. Uh, honestly, I never had uh, a bad, I opened for her. She couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. I got a bad review opening for her that I have somewhere. If I oh really yeah yeah like Feldman's obsession with flatulent jokes, uh, like they accused me of telling nothing but fart jokes uh, before Ellen came out, and I thought that was unfair because I did a lot of <laughs> queefing jokes as well. You know your had. audience, yeah. <laughs> I know my audience, but no, I honestly. I have never had a bad experience okay. with Ellen, but I didn't work for her. Yeah. And I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm not defending Ellen. I think they get into a bubble and then people, I mean, I've been in situations as, as a writer slash uh, kiss ass where I, it's almost in your best interest if the star of the show is impossible or people think the star is impossible. So you then accrue power. People go, well, can you talk to him? He's in like, you want the star to be unapproachable because that creates work for the managers, the agents, the producers, the intermediaries. Sometimes the stars aren't pricks. It's just the people around them say, oh, you let me speak. Let me speak to the star. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you say Ellen used to hang the comedy writers, uh, is that what you're saying? That she actually got a noose and would hang the comedy writers? It was it was weird because she used this whip, and I, w- I wouldn't call it a whip. You know, in the old days they'd call it a, a switch or whatever. But what it was was just soft enough where it would cut the skin. 
Mm-hmm. And and you but but you couldn't show it to human resources. It right. it just it looked like you know just right. just you know like just uh, just enough to to pierce the skin, but not enough to make you come. <laughs> I, that's torture. <laughs> it was actually amazing. It was almost like when OJ got free on the murder charges, and he said like, "All right, good." Black people can now buy their freedom just like white people. And yeah. and when Roseanne and Ellen were as horrific to people as they were, you go, all right, a woman can be a douchebag on top as well. Yeah, you did you work for Roseanne? I worked for Roseanne. What was your experience? Uh until she fired me, I loved her. Oh, I really? Mean, I, I honestly that was my first writing job in television. And like I knew that she was unhappy and life was hard and that her father molested like six of her 17 personalities. Uh-huh. And, you know, she's had some issues yeah. growing up. So I was just grateful for the work yeah. until I got fired. Uh, but everybody got fired from that job. If you were to look at the history of people fired from that job, they are literally like some of the biggest writers in Hollywood, including Norm Macdonald. Yeah, but the difference is I deserved to have been fired. Why? Just I was an asshole. Were you producing good material for the show? Yeah, but I would go, like I would go, it was my first writing job, so. <clears throat> and you'd been doing stand-up at this point for 10 years or so. Yeah, yeah. And so if I, if I was in a writing, like what they, what they did, they had so many writers that they, they would have, they'd break you up into little writing rooms. Yeah. And some days were good, depending on who was running the room. And other days, I, didn't, I wasn't having fun because I thought the guy running, I didn't know that it, it wasn't up to me to decide if the guy running the room was funny <laughs> or not. So I, I still. And you're I, a staff writer. You're an entry level writer. Right. But I, but, <laughs> but you know, when you're young and you're a stand up and you, you can still get work on the road, you, you start judging people as to whether or not they're funny as opposed yeah. to whether or not they can do anything for right, you. Right, right, right. And so when there was a guy, usually a guy running the room who I didn't respect, and he shot down two of my pitches, I'd go, I'll be back. <laughs> and then I would just go for a long walk for six hours and <laughs> come back for dinner. So, yeah, I mean, when they fired me, I blamed it on Roseanne. Uh-huh. But it was my, I didn't know that you're supposed to respect people because they can do something for you. Right, right. That's what I quickly learned. Don't respect people because they're funny and talented. Res- only respect people because they're powerful and they can do something for you. Yeah. It is amazing when you get to that level and you have that much power. Like you look at, um, uh, uh, we were just talking about the director who molested everybody, Harvey Weinstein. Like that guy was surrounded by people that supported all this heinous behavior because he had yeah. so much power. Nobody had the balls to step out. Even the people that worked for him, that he was, 
They, they were facilitating setting up meetings where he could rape people. They were women. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Must have been nice to be Harvey once. <laughs> 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 didn't, didn't need dating apps. You didn't need like a black sweatshirt and a black no, stocking no, cap no. and quiet shoes. No, just had it. I think he went through a lot of gardeners. I think a lot of people who took care of his potted plants complained. Well, Christmas. I, I don't get it. It's not growing. Why it not grow? Why? It's it's July. Why does this look like a Christmas tree with tinsel dripping from it? That's how I, Harvey Weinstein is a friend of the family. And uh, that's how we would decorate our Christmas trees. We would just have him come over and jerk off on the Christmas tree for us. It was tough unwrapping the presents because a lot of it would drip down on the wrapping paper and it would really seal that. the paper to the gift. Yeah. I love that. It was like a wax seal in the yeah. old days. Yeah. Harvey's semen uh, tasted like the filter fish. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just did. We miss him. He was a friend of the family. Good friend. <laughs> what happened to Harvey, by the way? Where is he? We don't, we he, don't was in the, he was in the January 6th riots. Oh, okay. How do you think he's getting treated in prison, by the way? You never hear that. They, You know, TMZ doesn't cover prison gossip enough. Yeah. Like yeah. how, you know, who else is there? How is, how is Jizz Lane Maxwell doing in there? Jizz Lane? Yeah. Uh, they, I think they call her a prima, seriously, they call her a prima donna. They think she's got an attitude. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I don't think a women's prison, hang on, let my penis soften for a second. Every time I say women's prison, for some reason, it's like a shot of Viagra straight to my shaft. Uh, can we change the subject? <laughs> But a men's prison, whoop, there we go. I Wait a minute. That's, I didn't expect that at all. That is like men's prison, and I just all over the place. Do you That's think, embarrassing. Do you think that you would be... Yes, I would. I would, the minute I got into prison, I would start sucking cock immediately. <laughs> That's the key. That's the That's key. It. Yeah. That's if, if, if I... I bent knew... over, actually. I was like, hello, I'm here. Let's do you it. Walk Let's in backwards. Up. Walk in. Yeah. Shuffle in with your pants around your ankles, ass first. Right. I don't want to be protected if I get sent to prison. I don't want one guy controlling me. Like, uh, you be my bitch, uh -huh. and then nobody else will touch you. Yeah. I don't want one human being to have that much power over me. So I just rather just <laughs> every day just go into the shower, have it at people that way I'm my own man. It's like a potluck. Yeah. yeah. I don't want one guy saying he's mine. Right, right. And, and then now you're like that. You've always been a very kind of independent thinking mm -hmm. person. Yeah. And and to 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 be a bitch in prison, there's a lot of pressure. Then you suddenly he's telling you how to wear your hair. He's putting mm -hmm. certain colognes on you. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think my experience in prison, and I'm not speaking for all uh, state prisons, is that if you if you play hard to get, then they want you. But if you're, I was a slut, so after a while they left me alone. 
That and the hepatitis C. <laughs> that, I think, is the key. Before hepatitis you go into C. prison, just cover yourself with every venereal disease, yeah. even HIV. I mean, look at Magic Johnson. He's had it, and uh, yeah. he, he's doing great. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if you just infect yourself enough and let, let people know, you know, maybe yeah. you have those medals around your neck. That was my rap name in prison, Hep C. And they, they, after about a year of about 20 guys a day, I was left alone. So that's my, that's what I recommend. And you can't take a shit on command. I would think that would be the easiest thing in the world. No, because it goes right through me. Oh, right. It's just like, it's just a straight yeah. line from yeah. the mouth right out, <laughs> right out the door. That, that, Sphincter lost its snap. All right, here's what I want to ask you. Is uh, any of this going to make it to... Uh, it'll all be cut up into clips and put on uh, TikTok. Good. So Good. Yeah, we want the Chinese kids to laugh at this. Good. Dong, ding, 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 dong, dong, ding. <laughs> Kong. <laughs> um, late night talk shows, I want you to rank them. Colbert, Fallon, Seth Meyers, Greg Gutfeld. Put them in order. Gutfeld's the best. Why? Uh, he says the things we all <laughs> want to say, but we're too educated to actually say it. Uh, I watch Greg Gutfeld, and I think, wow, that is so brave. You know, I think the, he he does speak for the people who uh, who who can't speak or read or think. The common the common folk. I love Greg Gutfeld. I do. I think it's the best show, the funniest show. It's just laugh. It, it's the hard jokes that I like. It's that they, mm -hmm. they veer away from just like grandiose, vague opinions and get into right. set up punchlines. Yeah. Take Dennis Miller. That's what I think of Greg Gutfeld. Take Dennis Miller and suck out all the wit, all that unnecessary wit that Dennis yeah, has right and ju just have the vitriol uh -huh. without the payoff yeah right it's genius and the casting oh my god the people yeah. they get on that couch they get yeah. M they get funny MMA fighters they get mm -hmm. funny bloggers all all the best fringe people he, well he is the the king of late night all right is so he? who who's second <clears throat> Yeah, Nobody. That, that, that it's just Greg Gutfeld. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something. He's beating them all in the ratings. That's I know. the crazy thing. He is the the king, the Il Duce. How do you just, how Duce. do you explain that? Uh, he found a niche. Yeah. Uh, that the other late night hosts weren't providing. Right. Uh, being unfunny. Right. People are saying, you know what? I'm trying to fall asleep. If I laugh, that stimulates my organs. What about a guy who isn't funny? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll fall asleep. No, I mean, it, there's an underserved market in yeah. late night television. Right. Fascism. <laughs> Nobody's better than Greg Gutfeld. Uh, all right. So I won't have you dish on anybody else. Um, well, who, who else is there? Craig Ferguson? He's gone. 
Oh, okay. What about, let's see, uh, the British guy? Uh, Corden. Uh, James, James Corden. Corden. He he's seems gone. like a nice guy. I hear he's a nice guy. Um, I, I hear James Corden is the sweetest, most understanding. He's great with waiters and waitresses. Yeah, yeah. And flight attendants. Right, right. He's just a kind, kind man. Yeah, and I think it really... Uh, it really shows through in, in his interviews with people. They never seem like underneath there's a jealousy and a hatred. They always seem just straightforward, positive. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a, they say that the, the comedians who are kind of grumpy and cruel yeah. on stage are really nice and softies off stage. Right. And that's not true with me. I'm worse off stage. That's than... not true at all. You, yeah. You're one of your kids. You, Ask my kids. Well, your kids. That's very loaded. That's very they, loaded. They, uh... Yeah. I think anybody that knows you knows that you actually are one of the kindest people. And um, I think you're angry because this country really is so far off course. And you can't be as educated and as informed about what's going on in the world and not be very angry. But I don't think that that's taken away from you as a person and your, obviously your thing with your kids. I mean, I, I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, I just wish I could see them. Really? Yeah, I'm blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Court ordered the how much how much trouble has this particular podcast got you in with your family? I know, I know, with uh, your wife one time. No, 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 no. That is a very expensive <laughs> podcast. That, that was several letters that a lawyer had to write. So let's not let's not. Every time a lawyer writes a letter, uh, it's expensive. Oh yeah. Let's not. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Any Not, ex-girlfriends you want to talk about? Uh, I can talk uh, about my love life if you want. Yeah. You, uh, are you dating somebody now? I, I'm dating uh, an older woman. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. How old is she? I'd rather not say. Is it weird when you think to yourself, I'm having sex with the, uh, I'm going to guess if she's older than you, she's 65. A is corpse. It it's a corpse. Is it weird to think I'm having sex with a 65-year-old woman? Like it's if you corpse. were 18 and somebody told me you, you were going to do that, you I'm know. Dating a corpse. Yeah. Um, the mummified remains of the woman who played Ginger <laughs> on Gilligan's <laughs> Island. And she's still alive. Uh, yes. I don't, I don't want to explain how yes. this is being pulled off. But. Right. Do, do you still have to dye her hair red or does it, <laughs> does it stay that way? <laughs> uh, that would be such an easy relationship, a corpse. There was, there was this documentary called um, Mother God about this cult. And they had a female leader and she, she had all these crazy followers. Of course it was Colorado and then Oregon. Right. And then, and then she died, but they were convinced that she was Jesus Christ, that she was a savior. And so they kept her dead body and they put it in a van and they drove all around the country for weeks 
with this mm. rotting body that they would all hold and care for. And they videotaped it and the body just kept turning bluer and bluer. Yeah, and I mean, I've never smelled a dead body, but apparently it's the worst smelling thing in the world. Mm, you've never had sex with James Corden. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. So with all due respect, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. With all, I don't mean to be a rude guest. Uh, yeah. But what and, you you just spoke out of ignorance. And like and like that cult leader, CBS took a corpse and just kept propping it up again <laughs> night after night for years. <laughs> He turned blue. I think by the seventh season, he was blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've never, you've never smelled a dead body. I've never smelled a dead body. Have you? Come on, come when you next time you're in New York, come over to my apartment. In wait, did you? You lived in Manhattan. I did. And you never walked into the lobby and said, "Up," oh, because. What it's it's it there is something you know when you're smelling a dead body in New yeah. York. If you live in a big apartment building, every three weeks someone dies unattended to, and there's an odor, and you know, you go, Oh, that's a dead body. Like I've no. never like the first time you go, I've never smelled a dead body before. But that is a dead body that has been sitting for five days. Yeah. And and the cat is chewing the eyeballs. Now, wait a minute. I've lived in several buildings in New York City, and uh, nobody died. And your building, every three weeks somebody died. Is there any connection? Uh, my mood swings? <laughs> my calendar what's weird is you kill at the top of your mood swing you kill when you're happy out of joy yes. yeah. yeah it's the way some people eat uh -huh. i eat it's the like when i eat it's to because i'm unhappy uh-huh but i kill when i'm happy some people <laughs> kill to stuff their emotions uh i kill to celebrate i'm like you know like italians eat to celebrate <laughs> yeah not, right not to, but uh, I, I, I don't kill to stuff my emotions. It's, to me, I kill because it's a celebration of life. Like it's like dancing to me. And, Eating, and, I eat my emotions. So wait a minute. Does that mean you, when you kill, you're joyous? And then when you're eating the body, that's out of sadness. Do you, do you become sad after the death, and that's what makes you eat the body? I don't eat the body. Oh, I'm sorry. I I crossed the line. I apologize. I, I I never eat anything I have sex with. That's why I I don't eat lamb, dog. <laughs> I never eat anything. I'm not, yeah. I I I think I've told you too much about myself. But you shouldn't eat anything you're having sex with. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Let me yeah. let me ask you this. I have so many questions for you. Um, I didn't I didn't have time to prepare questions for this interview. You didn't prep. I didn't prep, but I'm interviewing Matt Reif tomorrow, so maybe I'll just ask you the questions I was okay. going to ask. Okay, I him. prepped for this show. I I I, I uh, took the that laxative uh -huh. that you have before. You pre they call it prep, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
He now, Matt Reif, is he the, he's the good looking yes. comic on right. Netflix. Right. Have you had a chance to see the special? Yeah, I think he's fantastic. What do you like most about him? The way he looks. Uh -huh. He's young. And, yeah. Um, I just can't get past how handsome and young he is. And yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you like him. Yeah. And he says the things that I wouldn't say because I have to work hard at being funny because I'm ugly. Yeah. It so is. He, a says, he says the things a good looking guy who doesn't have to work too hard. Yeah. To say. Yeah. I know. I really do think it is easier for. And ugly person, fat people have the easiest job in comedy. They just, you know, the classic, they just walk on stage, take the mic out of the mic stand, put the mic stand to the side. And what do they say? Uh, let me what? get this. Let me get this out of the way so you can see me. Guaranteed oh, right, laugh. Right. One line, right. one line. I've seen, I've seen at least a dozen fat guys do that same line. But right. it's just indicative of how the premise is just sitting there. And right. you can just start fucking riffing on being fat. And for you, being unattractive, it's kind of the same thing. You can right. walk on stage and just go like, uh, who wants to fuck me? And it's right. a roar of laughter. Right. Right. Which is why I kill. That's why you kill. After the show. <laughs> so you are you really interviewing Matt Reif? No. Oh, because he's adorable. He is adorable. He's got and a strong they jaw. Say, yeah, he's got a strong jaw. And they... Uh, Which you love in a boy. I... A loose jaw. Loose jaw. <laughs> when you say loose, are you like, are you, you're not going to call the cops, are you? Is that what you mean by loose jaw? You're going to keep your mouth shut, right? I guess I guess that guy, what's his name, Matt Reif? Yeah. I guess he's like says even worse things than you and I do, but because he's young and good looking, nobody realizes it. Well, no, he did a joke that I thought was pretty innocuous. He said, uh, it wasn't a bad joke. He said, I, I was I walked into a restaurant and if the hostess had a black eye. Right. And I and I said, uh, is this the face you want to show the public of your restaurant? Is this how they want you to see you? You know, put her put her back in the kitchen. And then his friend said, well, if she could cook, she wouldn't have a black eye. Right. So, I mean, that's a joke you and I would tell. That That's funny. But... Well, not on stage. Not on stage. No, no, no. But I think because his audience is mostly female, he's got a mostly female young good looking on i mean you want to talk about a guy that can get laid after shows there's never it's this is dane cook territory yeah yeah so he's probably because god has a sense of humor he's probably impotent right you would only hope well elvis elvis was somewhat impotent really yeah elvis um Mo, i read this book about him costello and... <laughs> no 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 elvis, elvis mitchell yeah <laughs> Which Elvis are you talking about? Elvis Presley. He would snuggle. He was a big snuggler, but he refresh had a... my memory. Elvis Presley. <laughs> he was he was the guy that married the fourteen year old. 
but somehow was America's oh. sweetheart? Oh, so Elvis was impotent, which is why they had to shoot him from the waist up because it was embarrassing. He yeah, didn't have right. a heart on right. on the Ed Sullivan show. Like yeah. that was the big thing on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. All the singers had raging hard ons <laughs> and Elvis didn't have a hard on. So Ed said, shoot him from the waist up. I didn't know that's why they shot him from the waist up. He couldn't get it up. He I think he did at first, and then he started getting on a lot of drugs and couldn't get it up at all. Meanwhile, he's dating, you know, the every beautiful bombshell in Hollywood, including Marilyn Monroe. So that's the secret to not not being able to get it up is how you meet beautiful women. Well, I think in today's climate, that's how women want you. They want you so innocuous that you are actually impotent. All right, I've got it made. Yeah. This is great. All right, I want to ask you this also. Um, I didn't uh, know Elvis was impotent. Who do you like in the war? I've got, I've got, I've got Palestine with the points. You doing the over under or? I'm doing, I'm doing the the over under right now is ten thousand. Uh yeah. So uh, refresh my memory. There, this is this is. Hamas versus Israel. Isn't it weird that Hamas has the word ham in it? And yeah. Yet they're 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 hurting the Jewish people. You and think they're Oz. doing that on purpose? Yeah. And Oz. And Oz. 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 Ham ass. Ham ass. That was my nickname in prison. <laughs> ham ass. <laughs> Uh, I would love to talk about Hamas and Israel. There are no landmines there. No, let's no, get right into it. Say, like people are very open-minded, and if you make yeah. a joke, uh, they're they're willing to look the other way. So let's let's have at it. And the best thing is, is that most people have really been uh, investigating it and educating themselves for so many years yes. before forming these opinions. Yes, it's it's steeped in learning. And uh, understanding the shades and the layers. Yes. I have some, some very strong opinions on this. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I have some very, <laughs> exactly. very, I have yeah, some I just, very I just, strong. I just took a shit and I swiped through three TikTok videos about uh, Hamas. So I, I'd like to give you my emphatic opinion about it now. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, since I'm no longer Jewish and my name is David F uh, I uh, really don't have any, I don't pay attention to that stuff. Oh, I love it. I love the restraint. Here's a man. What's the joke? I've always wanted to ask you this. What's the joke that got you in the most trouble in your career, in your stand-up career? Uh, well, <laughs> you want me to get into trouble? <laughs> uh, I walked an entire audience in Arlington, Texas. Uh, the joke was only men could invent a word as ugly as the C word, but only women could make it last this long. Like usually <laughs> words go out of style. Something like that. I said, like, only men could invent something as ugly as the word. Only women could make it last this long. They gave it legs. They gave it legs. 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, this was like 30 years ago. And I swear to you, this is the God's honest truth. All of a sudden, everybody starts walking out. And I'm thinking, because my ego is so out of whack, food poisoning. Uh-huh. Right. I'm thinking the mozzarella sticks <laughs> went bad and everybody's going to the bathroom. And the entire audience walked out of me. That, and that, the people of Texas, nobody said, you suck. Yeah. They just, they just walked out. Yeah. And then, and it's the God's honest truth, it was a Saturday no, night, third show Saturday night. Oh, I got third paid, show. And I say to the owner of the club, should we open up the books and see what's, what you got four <laughs> months from now, five months? Should I become, like, I was delusional. <laughs> I was so dead inside. Uh there's nothing, there's nothing better than walking a room. I don't think you're a real comedian unless you're walking three people in a weekend. If you're there for five shows in a weekend and not one person leaves, you're you're a fucking karaoke act. I've had shows where people walk out then come back to walk out on me again. Yeah, right. They just wanted to make sure they saw <laughs> the, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we're, we've come to the segment in the show called Fastballs with fits. Fastballs with fits. Yeah, these are questions I ask all of my comedy guests. Okay. And you just answer them uh, straightforward. And I think I've been pretty honest with you today. Extremely honest, yeah. I think I don't think I hid behind comedy at all. I think, you, I think I've been very straightforward. What's great is that uh, you gave up on sarcasm back in the aughts. And now it's just straightforward, just Only information. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here to make people laugh. I'm here to make you think. And think about think about walking out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever saved somebody's life? Yes, I changed my mind. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you just go, not worth it. You know, it's like... I'm going to need that Tommy John surgery before I, you know what? It's not worth it. I don't want to, I don't want to have to dip my strangling arm in a bucket of ice like Sandy Koufax. I'm taking the night off. We're done. So yes. All right. I came uh, close to save it. Like I knew yeah. like, like my, my agent, my well, he's no longer with us. Uh, we were at Spago, and he needed the Heimlich maneuver. Uh huh. Yeah. And like I knew how to, I could have performed the yeah. Heimlich on him. Right. Right. But I don't like reaching up behind somebody <laughs> in, in a crowded restaurant well, without being able to lube up and take my pants off so he's no longer with us yeah that's a qualified thank you after you save his life sa have i ever saved anybody's life mm. uh no okay i don't think it's worth it all right who is the worst opening act that you ever had in your life go on before you the worst Opening act. Yeah. Maria Bamford. No. Yeah. What happened? 
uh, I brought her to San Francisco to open for me. And she would do 20, 25 minutes and uh, she would ruin the crowd. She'd say, okay, my time is up. And they'd go, oh, no, stay. Oh, really? Yeah, they loved her. Oh. And uh, it, it was a week of that. Yeah. Then me. Bring Maria back out. Yeah. Why, why did you think that was a fit in the first place? Did you bring her as the opener? Yeah. <laughs> I, she's a genius. She's a genius and I, she's, she's gentle and she's vulnerable. She's everything you aren't. Yeah. And uh, it was one of the worst weeks. When, when you, there's one thing to be sitting in the audience and to watch Maria Bamford and know you're nothing. Yeah. Then to have to follow her and have the audience agree that you're nothing. Yeah, right. Uh, and my ego was such that we could, we didn't flip. Uh huh. I, I should have just said, "Why don't you close the show?" Yeah. But that would have been just too humiliating. Yeah. Plus, right. I, that I would have been been deprived the the thrill of being hated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, what is something you have turned down recently? What have I turned down? Uh, you mean like in for work? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to insult anybody. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it's not like my phone is ringing. It's not like anybody wants to hire me. <laughs> Nobody wants me in the writing room the way they used to. Nobody, well, look, categorically, we're not being hired right now. It's not personal. But, and plus, you just don't want me. And I, you know, my, I don't have a poker face if somebody's not funny. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I can't keep a poker face. You're right. Like, all right. Uh, have you ever not finished a set on stage? Walked off. Or been booed off, or did it end prematurely in any way <laughs> at I, any time? The question is, have I ever <laughs> finished a set on stage? Tommy <laughs> Tease and San Leandro, I had a walk off. Uh, the heckler beat me. You know, when the, uh, the, uh, yes, I've walked off. I don't need this shit. Yes, I have. Yeah. But not like Larry David would. It wasn't glorious. Uh -huh. It's just humiliating and bad and unfunny. And nobody's going, nobody said, oh, that was great. That was just, wow, you suck. Uh -huh. right. you suck. Yeah. Was that early on? Uh, this year, yeah. Early on this year. <laughs> Larry Brown and I used to do a, a, as they say, a double act. Uh -huh. Larry he, Bubbles Brown. Larry and I used to perform together on stage like a comedy uh, team. And we did a New Year's Eve show that they handed out the the noisemakers, right? And Larry th said, <laughs> Happy New Year, you motherfuckers. And he threw the <laughs> microphone down. <laughs> we were Bub and Dave, the comedy team of Bub and Dave. 
And <laughs> so he goes, Happy New Year, you motherfuckers. And we still had a, like a half hour left. Yeah, yeah. We just went, we've been bumping Dave. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so I, yes, I have not finished. Um, yeah. All right. Well, listen, we have finished this podcast. If you want to hear more from David Feldman, it's called the David Feldman Show, and it goes up. Where where do people get it? You have to come to my apartment in New uh -huh. York City to hear yeah. it. Uh, and, and do do people leave? Or does anyone get out? No, I have yeah. no. They don't. Well, no, they do leave, but in pieces. Little, they they end up in the bathtub. Uh, and then... your, your door guy is like he 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 always has a backpack on. It's very weird. <laughs> this is a stuffed backpack on. And he reeks of Febreze, Febreze, lime, and bleach. Mostly bleach with a little Febreze and knockoff Aramis. <laughs> anything, anything else you want to promote? Uh, Anti-Semitism. <laughs> I think I've done a pretty good job uh, of that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a relief not being Jewish anymore. Oh. I can imagine. You know, I I gave it a good run. Well, you jumped on the bandwagon, and now, like any Fairweather fan, you're jumping off. I get well, it. Well, October 7th, I said, you know what? Not safe. Not yeah. a good idea. Right. Why don't I just stop? Yeah. And uh, so it's just, you know, that was my choice to stop uh -huh. being Jewish. Yeah. So it's the David F show on uh, YouTube. You can watch me on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. He brings in comedians, but uh, mostly politicians at this point. Well, right? these days it's mostly, in all seriousness, it's mostly me just whining. I'm being oh, serious. With, without I a guest. I don't, I don't do guests anymore. Oh, no shit. Really? Yeah. It's wow. just me uh, whining and complaining. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, that's how I've decided to finish out the career. <laughs> Just me alone in a room, <laughs> bitching and moaning. Yeah. We, we have to wrap this up, right? Yeah, we're going to say goodbye. And so you, so uh, you have you have some place to go. You have something to do. You have I do. I actually that do. That must be nice. Yeah. That must be nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And, uh, you know, my dog needs to be walked. So that that's the, that's the kind of lineup I have for today. Hmm. And he's dead. He died a year ago. So the walk, it's more of a drag than a walk. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. he he seems yeah. to like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, can he play alive? Is that his trick? Play alive. Yeah, play alive. <laughs> play alive. <laughs> um, all right, David, thank you so By the much. Way, you know what I, I do? You. Yeah. Before you go. Yeah. Uh, what you do, you have cats? No cats. Oh. Okay, then I won't tell you how to change the cat. If you get a dog, uh -huh. the dog eats from the cat box. You never have to change the cat box. Again. Is that you true? Know yep. Really? Dogs think it's a delicacy. Personally, it's okay, but they think it's a delicacy. I Well, the I, problem is it's like eating an oyster. There's always some sand that you're chewing on. Yes, and it makes yeah. you horny. <laughs> like every time I eat an oyster or or a cat turd, I'm, it's like there's some, there's some aphrodisiac quality that I'm wearing to go. And I find pearls in, in my 
cat turds because uh, I there are things I do with a my cat that involves a string of pearls and yanking at just the right time. I don't need to discuss this with you other than it, my cat purrs a lot. I, I'm a, you should you have a life. I have no place to go. I'm David gonna... Feldman, the best. Listen to his podcast, and uh, he, he's going to get some tour dates again coming up on the uh, on the website. Just keep an eye out for those. Yeah, keep an eye out. I may be coming to a city near you. Yeah. All right. Thank you, my friend. I love you. I forgive you. God bless. God bless.